Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to another of our Book Realities series of interviews with authors. And tonight we're joined by Sana Turnock, the author of the Courage Journal. Hi Sana, how are you? Hey Ian, good to be here and I'm great. <laughs> good stuff. So who is Sana Turnock? Where are you and where are you talking to us from? Because it looks like you're talking to us from the middle of a forest at the moment. Look, I sure am. Uh, well, I was there. I'm not there now, but uh, that's the Boron Up Forest in the southwest of Western Australia behind me. There's a beautiful photograph. And, um, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world that I live in in the southwest of Western Australia, wine country, for those of you who are watching who may be wine lovers. But uh, I never, I wasn't, you know, always from here. I was from Perth originally and done lots of travelling and then ended up uh, living in a small community town of bailing up for about seven years until uh, my family and I made it here. Oh, fantastic. We actually have another author from bailing up as well. So it's obviously a very inspirational place. Look, it's an amazing place. You know, there are so many people that are, that are creative from bailing up and you get to meet them in the most bizarre, amazing places down this way in Perth. They just pop up. People from Bailing Up pop up in all kinds of places, even on the other side of the world. When we were travelling in Japan one day, uh, we had friends of ours who we also met from our town who we ended up having lunch with who were from Bailing Up. Remarkable. Fantastic. Now, your book is a courage journal, and we should explain it is a journal, but it also has guides and practiced meditations and various things that are within a journal that you wouldn't normally find. Do you want to take us through how you came up with the idea for it? Yeah, sure. Um, so the the book, it's, well, sorry, it's, it's hard to call it a book, isn't it? Because it's, it's a journal and it has 14 statements. That's what I call them. And those statements are things that you, you read firstly, and then you action them. Uh, and those actions might be reflective. They might be writing things within the journal itself, or you may be um, encouraged or invited to, to talk to others just to help you build your courage muscle and flex that. And how it all came about was really through my launching the, the Courage Unraveled podcast. And you were part of all of that, which was fantastic, certainly on opening night, which was lovely at the launch. And the, the podcast was initially a community-based project, and it still is. So we have 30 episodes across five series, and they were about... Uh, local people being interviewed uh, for just getting, finding out about, you know, what it was that made them more courageous. And it's usually, you know, through times of hardship, uh, adversity, those kinds of challenges. And then eventually it broadened, you know, it broadened, um, I ended up getting some people from the United States. So it wasn't necessarily supposed to be just within Western Australia. Um, I got, you know, to interview some other people around Australia. And the aim was, was the more that people listened to the podcasts, um, the more, hopefully, the more that they listened, then it would um, cement the message around courage. But that's from the that's from an auditory process. 
So what I was thinking about, because I did my master's in um, adult education and I focused on brain-based learning. And one of the things about brain-based learning is that obviously we use all of our senses to learn and some are more, um, I guess, hardwired to learn from one or two senses rather than all of them. So I thought, okay, we've got the auditory. How about then we've got the visual with the Courage Journal? And then if you write... Okay, then that's, you know, another part of brain-based learning. So I was really trying to what's called scaffold people to to really uh, learn and build on understanding what courage is for them. And hopefully I've answered that question. I think I have just in terms of, you know, you asked me how it all came about. So it was through through the Courage Unraveled podcast. And it's an excellent um, accompaniment to your podcast because, as you say, journals can be problematic with publishing, especially in the methodology that we use with print on demand, because the average journal is mostly blank pages, to be fair. Yes. And there's a crackdown on just publishing books on the likes of Amazon, etc., that are just full of blank pages. But your journal is definitely different because every second page is an introduction into uh, the stages that you want to take people along in the journey. Yeah. And that reflection of the courage muscle, as you called it, is like, I guess, everything else in life, that if you don't have the moral courage or the inner faith courage to actually stand up for yourself and it doesn't get practised or used, then you can find yourself at a terrible disadvantage. So have you found great feedback from both the podcast and the journal being used in, in conjunction with one another? Yeah, look, for the, well, those people have, who have, you know, wanted to share that information, uh, they have received good results and, and people have used it and they've told me that, that it's kind of changed their life, which is fantastic. And, and what they've come to learn is that, you know, I guess when you really start working on courage, what I love about this theme is the fact that it's it's about building self-confidence, it's about building self-belief, it's about helping you build resilience when things get tough. Um, that's, the, that's the playground in which Courage Unraveled plays in and, and that's really powerful and it's not just moral courage, there's also physical courage, there's intellectual courage, there's social courage, um, there's spiritual courage and emotional courage. And, you know, you can take this learning and put it in all kinds of contexts, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's with your family, whether it's, you know, just building more confidence within who you are as a human. Um, there are so many ways in which you can build on that courage muscle and so, so that you can become the person that you want to be, you know, or that next, that to that next level. It's a, it's a journey. It's, it's, you know, it's part of being human. <laughs> and there's a lot of people on that journey with you. And some may have thought that the majority of those that were taking part in the program were women. Originally at the start, they probably were because the first series of the podcast was predominantly women, but there are men involved in the journey as well, aren't there? Yeah. Look, I really, you know, that wasn't um, supposed to be, Oh, it wasn't all about women. It was definitely whoever whoever put their hand up, you know, wanted to be interviewed. Um, not everyone, not everyone did get interviewed, but I just they needed to fit, I guess, a certain uh, certain criteria, and they also just needed to to speak well because that 
that's really important to be able to tell their story, you know, from an audio perspective, because not everyone can do that. Uh, one of one of my favorite, I've got a few, you know, few um, episodes that I really, really loved. And one of them was from a guy called Murray Morgan, who at the time I interviewed him in China. And he is a, well, he, he's an entrepreneur and he now has a comedy um, pub in Melbourne. And so when I interviewed him, he had just settled that up and he was getting, he was caught up in COVID, you know, wanting to get back to Melbourne. So it was a very interesting time that I managed to capture that interview. And, and, and there are others, but, yeah, he's definitely one that, and he was in, incredibly engaging. I really, like he was such a giving and generous person in that interview. Fantastic. Now, we will post links in the comments on our YouTube channel, which will link to your YouTube channel and the podcast so people can go and listen to them. But with regards to writing the journal, how did you go about writing it? Do you have your own writing quirks? Do you have to get up at six in the morning and write religiously for six hours a day? Or how how do you write? Well, for that particular project, it was actually really like it was so quick. Uh, I used a, a lot of the um, the techniques that I've used or the statements that are found within that journal I have used for my for myself in terms of my own growth and development. And some of the quotes just just almost like were channeled through me and and I really strongly believe that as being a way to um, have a download. I do believe in these intuitive downloads that just happen. Uh, I've also written two other books and the first one was called Complementary Therapies, Holistic Success Stories back in the, actually it was published in 2000. And that was written because I believe there was a gap in holistic therapies at the time. And I wrote about that. And that was me going through a series of interviews and the other one I wrote uh, was Flower Power Energetics in Action, which, you know, is not around anymore, but that was, a, I loved that process. That was uh, about, that was research. It was lots of, med- it was meditative. And I learned a lot about um, essential oils and flower essences from uh, an energetic perspective and how they could help help humans, you know, so vibrational medicine. It was uh, truly a, a, a divine piece of work for me to be a part of. So where did the ideas come for these books? Where did, what was the starting point for, for your three books and especially for the journal? What gave you that impetus to say, right, this is what I'm going to do? I, I am certainly not a prolific writer. I have to write for a purpose. And I would love to be one of these people who can write fiction and let it all come out, but that's sadly not me. So I know that when I do write, it has to uh, be nonfiction. There needs to be a purpose, uh, and usually the purpose is around learning, helping people learn in some way. I wish I would have the ability to write um, humorously, but that doesn't appear to be my skill. So I just wait for things to come to me, and it, and it might not come for years and years, So, but I'm patient in that way. Uh, but when I do write, like, you know, when I... Um, yeah, when I do write, I do meditate, so I need reflection time and I have my vaporizer on with concentrating, con- concentrative type of essential oils. Uh, so they're two things that are part of my process. Fantastic. And when you say that you've got the 
be a parade around. Is there music in the background as well? Do you have that playing too, or is it has to be dead quiet? It has to be really quiet for me, yeah. And do you have a set place that you write, or is it a come laptop, come you? Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. As long as it's a really quiet place, yeah, it's wherever the laptop can be, you know, um, set up or the or the PC. Now, with regards to the journal, what's the best feedback you've had with regards to the actual book itself? Oh boy, um, I've actually got it on my website. I can't re- I can't remember the quotes verbatim, but I think one was around that it, that it really helped them in their business and it has helped them to move forward in their business. It gave them the courage to move forward and have confidence in themselves to set their business up. And I'm talking to someone at the moment who who is working on the Courage Journal, using the Courage Journal, listening to the um, the podcast episodes. And they too, they're an artist, and they too are using it to help build their confidence in turning their art from being a hobby into a business. And when you say that you've got the quotes on your website, and again, we'll put the link to that on the comments below as well, mm-hmm. uh, you obviously have a website, you have your own business. So what do you do when you're not actually writing? What What's Santa's days taken up with? Uh, well, my days, I have a day job, <laughs> so that takes up a lot of time. Uh, but my initiative is Courage Unraveled. And essentially, so apart from the podcast, which is now on a hiatus, uh, and the Courage Journal, I now really am focusing on uh, public speaking. So re- using um, courage as the theme, and that could be anywhere to do, or that could be anything to do with women in leadership, uh, your voice matters, your story matters, could be about podcasting, it could be around autism as well, I mean, um, and talking about autism and the courage to actually vocalise that and, you know, especially around in the workplace. And I also have put together two workplace programs so to look at individual and collective well-being and harmony and cohesion and, and to understand that it's people that bring about success of a business. It's not the money. The money comes. And you may wonder, well, how's, what's that got to do with courage? Well, some organisations really need that in order to, because, it, because it's about innovation, it's about thinking outside the box, and some people are scared of that. So I'm, I'm trying to help them move forward in that way. It is a huge leap to take, especially if you've been safe and secure in paid employment. Yeah. It's a massive leap to think that, you know, you could reduce your wages by 99%, but if you have the courage to push through. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting thing because when people think of courage, they'll think of all sorts of different things, but that courage to get on a stage to do public speaking, Mm -hmm. the courage to have an innovative thought and drive it forward in business. The courage to stand up for your own personal rights, etc. They're all part of the same uh, study. So well done you. Congratulations. Thank you. So with regards to the book, why did you decide to do print on demand and non-traditional publishing? Why didn't you decide to go after a traditional publishing route? I think for the Courage Journal, I wanted, well, I had a time frame. And I knew when I wanted to launch uh, the Courage and Rebel podcast and my experience with traditional, uh, the traditional publishing routes are that it can be incredibly slow and it can take years, you know, lots of rejection letters. I've had many of those, uh, certainly with the, uh, the first book. 
and I really wanted to have a quick route and and then I came across you guys. So that was fantastic. And you're, you know, you're you're in the region, which I absolutely loved. Loved that. Love being able to support a, a local a local business, so to speak, you know, being in the region. It's interesting because when you came to us, we were very much just a Southwest-based business. I think we had maybe five or six authors at the time, and then one of those happened to go travelling and happened to talk to someone else, and all of a sudden we had people in Britain, and then one of those spoke to their sister, and we had people in America, and it was all word-of-mouth referrals, and now we've got 70-plus authors in three continents, and... But you were in at the beginning, so that was that was very good for us to have a, a local-based business looking to um, support our local-based business, so that was good. Sure, um, that sounds fantastic, Ian. That is so good. <laughs> well, we didn't plan it. <laughs> no, but that's wonderful how that's happened. How, you know, so what's that? That's over the course of two years. Yeah, we've, yeah, we've accelerated... Cottage. Yeah, we accelerated very much from from what was a very small, easygoing backstop, um, 2018, 2019, 2020. We're all very similar numbers. Then it exploded. And it like dominoes, as more dominoes fell, more people got connected. Um, so actually this year, uh, it's currently, we're recording this in November, although this podcast won't actually go out until next year. Um, but by the end of 2022, in the 12 calendar months, we'll have published 35 titles this year. So That's amazing. It is. It's quite good. So courage to everybody. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Takes courage to write a book. It does. And it takes courage to put it out there. there I find a number of people that have written books that have quite passionately held on to them and don't want their books and their words to go out into the world. And it's... I mean, it could be because they don't ever desire that to happen, or it could be that they need that little bit of courage just to take the step. So, I've got to read the courage, or no, get access to the courage journal, and uh, listen to the podcast to help them build their uh, their courage muscle. Now, what's next for Sana? Is there more books on the way, or are there more podcast series? Look, I I would love to have another uh, book within me. Uh, hopefully, there'll be a download at some point, or I don't know when that will be. I've just just started some postgraduate studies, so that's going to be filling my headspace for a little while. And the podcast, I will I still, you know, it's one of my, my most favourite things to do. I really, really love uh, podcasting. And But like I said earlier, it is on hiatus. It takes an incredible amount of time and to, and to do it well. You know, like I really want to do, do it well and do it professionally. So that does take a bit of time and it takes resources. So... Uh, all I'm saying is one day it will happen again. I just don't know when. Yeah. And the subject matter could be anything. What's your postgraduate studies in? It's actually going to be in autism studies. Yeah. And is that obviously a personal reason behind that? Yeah, look, it is. I was I was diagnosed, would you believe, in 2020 as as being autistic, which, which was very interesting. And And so it was really learning about myself all over again, you know, for within it with a new lens, uh, because the person that I thought was me was me, but for a very different reason, you know. And and what it's done, it's I'm actually very excited because there's so there's so much to learn about this in this subject area. It's constantly changing, and 
and I'm very interested in working with adults. I think I'm I'm understanding where I want to go next, and it's to work with high-functioning adults uh, or those people, the new terminology is those people with that need low supports, I guess, or low-level accommodation. And within the workplace, so they could be executives, they could be entrepreneurs, because there are plenty of people like that, you know, who who are neurodiverse and are on the spectrum, um, who are at that level, who function at that level. But it doesn't mean that they don't have challenges because they do. They just uh, people to, to the naked eye that it may not be seen. That's quite remarkable that you weren't diagnosed until 2020. That did that come as a shock um, or a revelation? Yeah, revelation, because I, I do believe that there is undiagnosed autism in, in my family, and uh, but they present very differently to me, and that's why I just didn't join the dots for the longest time. I thought, no, because I don't present like my family members, and so that's what it was only until my mid-40s that I thought, could I be? Could I be? There were some questions around that in my own mind, and... And then, you know, then when I was 50, I thought, okay, let's let's go and get this checked out. Interesting. Well, listen, thanks for sharing that. And thank you for your time this evening. But before we go, I'd like you to take a bit of courage and answer some quick fire questions for us if you'd like to join in there. They're sort of like the actor studio questions, but we've taken them and given them a bit of a twist for ourselves. Sure. I know the actor studio questions because I used to love watching that show. I loved it. Fantastic. Well, we took the swear words out because we thought, you know, we we wanted to go on YouTube and they've got their own problems. Um, so if you're up for this, Sana Turnock, the author of the Courage Journal and the power behind Courage Unraveled podcasts, what is your favorite book? You're not gonna believe this, but I actually don't have one. <laughs> there are too many to choose from. Oh, that's okay. And therefore you probably don't have a least favorite book then either, do you? But funnily enough, I do. <laughs> I really, I, and and it's, uh, it's Phosphorescence by Julia Baird. I know, I know that's a very loved book, but it wasn't my favourite. No, in all of life, emotionally and creatively, what turns you on? The thought of actually having given birth to my daughter and the first week of her little life. Fantastic. It's just joy and wonder, seriously, amazing. And what turns you off? Mean people. Summer or winter? Winter. And on a completely free day to do anything you want, who do you spend it with? My husband and my daughter. Mountains or oceans? Mountains. What is your favourite film or movie? Don't have one of those either. Too many to choose from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have to ask you a second one then. Have you got a least favourite movie? You know what? Yeah. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. I watched that with my I watched that with my wife in King's Park in Perth and it completely freaked me out. Um, One song to listen to for the rest of your life. It is Papa Was a Rolling Stone, the George Michael version. Okay. It's very specific. Yes. Who makes you laugh the most? Oh, look, my my daughter, my husband. I'm very, very fortunate to be in a very, uh, to be in a household that just we laugh a lot. Very good. What smell 
Now, this will be interesting with your essential oil backgrounds. What smell do you love? Neroli essential oil. Neroli. Yeah. N-A-R-O-L-I. N-E. The rest N-E. of it's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll, we'll look that up later. What okay. smell do you hit? A dead carcass on the side of the road. Yeah, we should explain in, in rural Western Australia, we do occasionally get those. We, we <laughs> A lot. <laughs> we're not going out driving around looking for them. <laughs> no. Other than a writer and indeed the other professions that you have done, mm-hmm. what would you like to attempt? You know, I'd like to try working on a station or being a horse whisperer. Okay. And what profession would you not like to attempt? Being a, being a mathematician. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, if I believed in God, I'd like them to say, welcome to the light. Stay as long as you like. Nice work. Sana, thank you ever so much for your time this evening. I look forward to being able to see the next series of podcasts when you do get around to putting them online. I thoroughly recommend everybody to go and look at the first five series that are out there. And like I say, we'll put links to both it and your website on the comments. But thanks very much again for joining us. Thanks, Ian. I really appreciate uh, this time. It was, it was really wonderful. Thank you. No worries. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.